With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. Or you could say real rock from the rock. An unusual musical happening in a most unusual place. The state prison. I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they were fuckers. All right, welcome everyone to Pando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. It's your host, Dave Ren, a.k.a. Dave from L.A. It's been a while. It's been a while. Sorry, it's, it's um, you know, life happens, and, you know, it's a busy, busy time for me. And I just want to thank all of you for hanging in there. Thanks, Scotty, uh, Brother Davis, T.C., uh, and everyone else. For all that you've done, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, just a very, very busy time. Happy to be back with you all. And so let's get started with the show. But hey, before we get started with that, just want to say uh, everyone continue to support Black Talk Radio Network and everything that's being done for you. I mean, if you really, really look at it, this is one of the few uh, complete outlets that haven't, that has not taken a corporate commercial interest in an agenda that's net, not set by us, but is solely for and put together by, by people like us for us. So I truly appreciate you should too. So if you can support the network, continue to do that with telling people about the uh, network and all of the programming and different shows that, that Black Talk Radio Network brings you so that we will never ever lose it. It will only grow and get even stronger. So you know how tough it is out here in the world. We got to make ends meet. We have to be able to provide for. So, hey, you know, this is a great, great platform that we need to really grow and establish stronger bonds with. So continue to support Black Talk Radio Network. And with, I'm telling you, if it's been good for you, it will definitely be good for other people. So you already know how important it is to do that. So let's continue to support the network okay so today is monday the 10th of august summer is over you know the young people are getting ready to go back to school if not already in school man years flying by but uh hey it is what it is so the you know it we have the whole everything is continued to unfold Pretty much what we talked about from different guests that that's been here and the different callers that we've had, uh, you can start to really really see uh, things unfolding. You know, last night, uh, you know, we had down in Ferguson uh, more of the same uh, continuance of destabil destabilization um, 
and you have to look at who's going to be- benefit from all of this. And, you know, the one good thing is that our people are starting to w- wake up to the overall game and starting to see that the very people that you think uh, has been supporting you have not actually been fo- uh, supporting you, and they're actually behind a lot of the the events and the policies and the procedures and the overall culture that has been plaguing our community in so many ways, economic, uh, socially, uh, religiously, and politically, it continues. And it's always by the same, pretty much the same hands. And I, I see that it's really important that our people start to galvanize and come together as one family then establishing our agenda from there and not allowing the people that have uh, propagated and have made way for the continuance of the disenfranchisement within our communities to maintain a stronghold, meaning get rid of them politicians, get rid of the the fake uh, religious uh, ritual leaders, and get let's get down to the real people. Uh, we need not to negotiate with them. We need not to give them any energy. We need to actually disarm them. And the way that we disarm them is by not giving them our energy. And we need to uh, cultivate our own energy and and galvanize that among ourselves. So we can no longer go for the okey-doke. They will continue to do that uh, because it's a a process that has worked before in the past. So I'm looking forward to these events changing the way we the, the way we deal with things and the way that we think but be careful because let me tell you these people never want to give up power and i would say in today's world whenever we are going to protest let's pro- protest in the appropriate way meaning this i don't think it's the best thing to have our children our young children our adolescents are, you know, are from our, you know, from our babies to the the age of 16 out in the mist with these people because, believe me, they want to cause, uh, they want to take back the agenda. And believe me, I believe that they will do anything and everything is, you know, possible and they will. Uh, target our young people even at different protests so know the protest that you're going to know the the history of it know the overall feel of it know what's possible and protect our young people uh, from that because I can see that this is going to go you know completely to continue to go uh, in a very destructive way you know from you know, last night they said that there was gunfire in which, you know, you could hear, but you really don't know who who really generated that gunfire. And believe me, it could be the very same people that has already established the agenda. It would serve them more of a purpose than it would us. So I would say be careful of false flags and be careful of people taking advantage for an agenda because this this government has always been in in the business of terrorism and they will not stop because it's worked so well before for them in the past 
and we could go down a list of things where their acts of terror has c- continued. And what they'll also do is they'll uh, provoke acts of, of such uh, against people. So let's be smart in this whole thing. So that was one of the, the main things I wanted to say. But, hey, check this out. You know, what I wanted to talk about today is that right now we are on so many fronts. And this, the, the historical times that we're in have been like no other before. Not during the civil rights, the 60s, and not during, not excluding the, the, the horrors and the, the, Ill, the ill will and the, the pain of enslavement. But I'm talking on a global standpoint from where everything is really at stake now. And it has some benefits and it has some real adversities that are attached to it. Because one of the things that when you get in in this form of – in this paradigm, in this this type of paradigm where it's really – everyone is all in. What I mean by all in – there's nothing that is outside of uh, the capabilities and there is no norm. We are in a very dangerous time like no other in history because not even during the time of World War I and World War II uh, or the Cold War because actually now we are in a time where there can be an appropriate response to destroying the lives of millions almost instantaneously or in a progressive downward spiral. And I'm I'm speaking about the U.S. and Russia are, sorry, the U.S., Russia, and China are on the verge of war on many fronts in the world, in the Ukraine, in Syria, uh, in the South Sea of, of China. And there are some things that aren't being told to you all. So, What I wanted to do is I wanted to introduce to you uh, from a different way. We're about to hear from this this general, this Marine Corps general in front of Congress. And he's going to lay out one of the things we got to always remember is that you got to listen to these people because they'll tell you exactly what's on the agenda. Now, that doesn't mean the person that you see doing this is actually the one. Because these people are compartmentalized. The the thing that they're really guilty of is they haven't had the moral convictions to ask what's really going on and do something else in contrary to it. They bought into the lie. They bought into the scheme because of a couple of reasons. One, they have a vested interest in it. Two, they are attached to it, and this is how they resonate, and this is what they want to happen. And three, because of fear and because of hate. Fear and hate. There's nowhere in the world that you could really, if you really think about it, be in any form of military and want to harm innocent people. And then come up with the, you know, well, this is the casualties of war. We try to minimize, you know, collateral. No, it's not true. It's not true. And the reason why it's not true, because you haven't asked the right questions, because you really don't care to. And the vested interest of you being paid and you getting prestige and position and you getting 
the the comforts of life is more important to you than anything else. So this is a real, real problem. But what I wanted to do today is I wanted to introduce to you what's really going on so that you could have a, un, a better understanding of where we are and really what's at stake and how this whole thing can can start to fall apart. So I have a uh, two videos in between the breaks. We'll talk about them from in between the breaks uh, on this. But one is a really a collage of mainstream media uh, news um, articles and interviews from from the mainstream. And I never like using the mainstream because they are a part of the problem. They are part of the propaganda. They're no longer journalists. They're no longer journalists because, I'm going to tell you, one of the most important jobs in freedom is the ability to report the truth. Without the truth sayers and without the truth, the people that will tell you exactly what's going on with a real measure of truth. This is why in the, in the Constitution, which for me, if you know me, you know that I believe that that's nothing more than a doctrine of enslavement. And for anyone that's taken the precious metals class, you know that. And you were shocked by what was revealed about the Constitution in that class. But one of the things with the Bill of Rights, the first one, the first Bill of Rights is the freedom of the press. And that's because it's one of the most important ones, to inform the people of really what's going on so that the people can be the guardians of freedom. And that has been definitely taken away because it is so it is such a threat to the manipulation of enslavement. Information is so important. But the most important thing is what you do with the information that you have. That's the key. So I want to go to this video. I want you to hear what this Marine Corps general says, and then we're going to, right after it, we're going to go into a bunch of clippings from different uh, mainstream media channels. I won't promote them. But to give you an idea of really what's going on, how close are we? It's, we've never been this close before, not during the Cuban Missile Crisis, not during the Cold War, not during in 2008 when uh, Demi- uh, Vladimir Putin and, and uh, Demetrius Medvedev told Cheney if he did not get out of Georgia within 48 hours, that, that Russia would respond with tactical nukes. And they killed a, ben- a bunch of American special forces there and kicked them out of there. Not even then are we as close as where we are now because this is the step that cannot be reversed. There is no turning back now. None whatsoever. And this is what we need to prepare for individually, collectively, and within the overall solidarity of our people, because this is something that will be here very quickly. So let's go to this uh, clip, and then we'll start the other clip uh, to give you an idea of exactly where we are. What our threats are today, what would you consider the greatest threat to our national security? 
My assessment today, Senator, is that Russia presents the greatest threat to our national security. In, in Russia, we have a nuclear power. We have one that not only has the capability to violate uh, the sovereignty of our allies and, and to, uh, to do things that are uh, inconsistent with our national interests, but they're in the process of doing so. So if you want to talk about a nation that, that could pose an existential threat to the United States, I'd have to point to Russia. And if you look at their behavior, it's nothing short of alarming. It, certainly the relationship with Russia uh, a few years ago, if you recall, we, we, we actually were including them in NATO meetings and so forth, and those kinds of exchanges have stopped. From my perspective, my role would be, uh, even even as the relationship is challenged, and even with the difficulties that we face right now, I think it's important that we attempt to maintain a military-to-military -military relationship, an effective military-to-military -military relationship with our Russian counterparts to the extent possible, to mitigate the risk of, of miscalculation and begin to, to turn uh, the trend in the other direction in terms of trust. U.S. relations with Russia seem to be getting frostier by the day, and in an unprecedented move, the Russian military says it now plans to send strategic bombers on regular patrol in America's backyard. David Martin is looking into this. Russian bomber patrols over the Caribbean and Gulf of Mexico would be very significant, U.S. military officers say, something the Russians have never done before. During the Cold War, Soviet aircraft flew reconnaissance missions there, but never bombers capable of carrying nuclear weapons. Once in 2008 and again in 2013, blackjack bombers flew to Nicaragua and Venezuela, but those were window dressing for visits by high-level Russian delegations. When the Russian defense minister announced the bomber patrols earlier this week, he linked them specifically to tensions over Ukraine, in effect saying, if you meddle in our backyard, will meddle in yours. U.S. military officers say the patrols would not pose a military threat, since the bombers and their refueling tankers could be tracked as they came down through Greenland and Iceland and across the Atlantic, leaving plenty of time to scramble jet fighters. A real attack by Russian bombers would most likely come over the North Pole, the shortest distance between the two countries. After the Soviet Union collapsed, Russia stopped flying long-range bomber patrols and did not resume until 2007. Currently, they fly about 10 patrols a year off the U.S. coast, once coming within 50 miles of California. U.S. jets routinely intercept them. There's no law against it, so long as the bombers don't enter U.S. airspace. With President Obama and Russia's Putin attending the same summit in Australia this weekend, these new patrols are an in-your-face way of saying, we're a global power and we're not going to let you push us around. We're going to breaking news now. These pictures are just in of President Barack Obama's car arriving in Brisbane ahead of the G20 Leaders Summit. Nicknamed the Beast, it's designed to withstand a rocket attack. You know, while they're doing this right here, let me tell you, this is all a stage. I'm going to post this in Tando so you all can see it. There's so much drama and theatrics that's played in this because this is the agenda that they want you to start to worship man so that man can enslave other men. And, you know, this is... This is the what tidings out of the east and out of the north shall come in. Therefore, I shall go forth with great fury. I'm sorry, was I supposed to stop there, Dave? No, 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 you're good, you're good, Scotty. Okay. I was just talking in between the, uh, that one part, but no, you're good.
From Scripture, we learn of the miracle of restoration. You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. A top NATO commander says Russian tanks and troops are moving into eastern Ukraine. Moscow denies those claims. The development comes after Russia announced new Air Force training exercises near United States borders. David Martin is at the Pentagon with the military's response. David, good morning. Good morning. When Russia's defense minister announced plans for these new long-range bomber patrols, he linked them specifically to tensions over Ukraine, telling the U.S. in effect, if you meddle in our backyard, we'll meddle in yours. The announcement of the new patrols comes just as President Obama and Russia's Putin are set to attend the same summit this weekend in Australia. Both men surely know having bombers circle around to the south of the U.S. doesn't make much military sense. The bombers and their refueling tankers could be tracked all the way across the Atlantic, leaving plenty of time to scramble interceptor jets. Benjamin Friedman is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. Politically, it's important. It shows that Russia's trying to sort of show its relevance and poke its finger in the U.S. eye and say, look, we're still here, we still matter, we're something you have to deal with and plan for. There's no indication yet when these new patrols would begin or how often they would be conducted. With dramatic pitches and steep banks, China shows off its next generation fighter plane. This is the J-31, a stealth fighter. It can come in, uh, as the U.S. has stealth fighters, stealth bombers, come in uh, in a full-up radar environment and not be detected. Analysts say this jet could be designed for mid- to low-altitude attacks and may be deployed from an aircraft carrier. The J-31 looks stunningly like a late-model American stealth fighter, the F-35. It's been pretty clear, and I think the U.S. government has been pretty clear in making its claims, which I have no reason to doubt, uh, that, the chi that Chinese hackers have been targeting defense contractors, uh, U.S. government facilities, and others. Several published reports say the Chinese got the blueprints for the F-35 through a cyber assault on a contractor for Lockheed Martin and built their fighter jet with the same specs. The Chinese have denied that. China tested the J-31 right as President Obama was in Beijing for the Asia-Pacific Summit. It comes on the heels of China christening its first aircraft carrier, sending ships to islands whose territory has long been disputed. Analysts say this isn't about confronting America militarily, but about reducing U.S. military influence in its neighborhood. What the Chinese military is trying to do is to be able to put their military out further from China, out into the Pacific, in the air, under the sea, and on the sea, in order to deter others from coming too close to China. It's also about prestige. It's also about the status of China. It's also about using platforms like aircraft carriers to perform what's called military operations other than war, humanitarian relief, uh, that kind of thing. The United States uses its aircraft carriers for that purpose quite a lot. China now flexing more military muscle. One of these two powers is going to be so concerned someday with projection of power in the Pacific that it's going to overreact in a crisis or that it might escalate what seems now to be an arms race. Lurking in the freezing waters off Sweden last month, a hidden danger. This was a major hunt launched by the Swedish Navy to find a suspected Russian submarine off their coast. The Swedes said they would force it to the surface if they could find it, 
they couldn't. But it's one of a growing number of potentially explosive incidents that one London-based think tank says is putting the Kremlin on a collision course with the West. Our report singles out 11 serious incidents. Uh, here we are talking uh, about the aircrafts flying really close uh, to each other. Uh, we are talking about uh, harassment of uh, warships. Uh, we are talking uh, about uh, simulated attacks conducted by the Russian fighters against targets in Sweden, Denmark and the United States. The report, called Dangerous Brinkmanship, says a mix of more aggressive Russian posturing and readiness of Western forces to show resolve is increasing the risk of escalation. As well as the 11 serious incidents, the report also details three high-risk ones, which in its view carried a high probability of causing casualties. One was the submarine search, another was a narrowly avoided collision between an SAS civilian airliner taking off from Copenhagen and a Russian reconnaissance plane. SAS have confirmed to CNN the incident took place last March. The third high-risk incident, says the report, was the abduction of an Estonian intelligence officer shortly after President Obama visited the country and NATO ally in September. Posco says he was arrested for spying on Russian soil. Of course, even if such incident happens, uh, it doesn't lead automatically into a full-blown uh, war. Uh, the problem is that uh, we have less and less uh, direct contact between the militaries on the both sides. If we don't have this kind of established channels of communication, uh, even uh, one incident uh, can simply lead to uh, an escalation that neither of the sides really want. It may not be a new Cold War with Russia, not yet. But the risk of miscalculation has echoes of that much more dangerous time. Russian forces on the move again into eastern Ukraine. Preparations, Ukrainian officials tell CNN, for a new offensive by pro-Russian separatists. We have seen columns of Russian equipment, uh, primarily Russian tanks, Russian artillery, uh, Russian air defense systems and Russian combat troops uh, entering into Ukraine. And NATO says they've observed something even more alarming. Russian warplanes capable of carrying nuclear weapons deployed to Crimea. <laughs> Annexed by Russia illegally earlier this year, if confirmed, the step could violate multiple international treaties. We see uh, forces that are capable of being nuclear that are being moved to Crimea. Whether they are or not, we do not know, but they do have the kind of equipment there that could support that mission. Russia's foreign ministry immediately denied the claims, calling them, quote, unfounded. The new weapons, accompanied by renewed fierce fighting between Ukrainian forces and separatists, has all but ended a brief, shaky ceasefire. Expressing alarm in both public and private, Ukrainian officials say they are now preparing to fight. We expect unexpected actions from them. I see it as our main task to prepare for military action. Today, at a UN Security Council session on the situation in Ukraine, Ambassador Samantha Power condemned Russia's actions. Russia has negotiated a peace plan and then systematically undermined it at every step. It talks of peace, but it keeps fueling war.
As security is ramped up for the G20, defence chiefs are closely monitoring a convoy of Russian warships just outside Australian waters. The government says it has known about their movements hey, Scotty, for some we time. Scotty, we break. We hold it just like there for a second. Okay, everyone, we're getting ready to go, come up on a break, but one of the things I want to say about this whole thing is that these are different events that have, in the past uh, two years, and uh, you're seeing the totality of them to, to increase and in everything, but one of the things is, that you're not hearing is, is the real truth. The one, part of the real truth is this, is that this is going to be biased towards uh, the U.S. side because example is that Within the Ukraine, what they won't tell you is that the, that the U.S. supported, had given direction, has given arms and, and, milita and military aid, lethal military aid to the Ukrainian, they call them the separatists, who are nothing more than Nazis. And they've had a relationship with the U.S., and this is why Russia, because of their historical battle that they've always fought with the Nazis had taken the position that they've taken. Brother Dave, and this is, yes. One of the things I picked up on that they were lying, um, actually this isn't like a breakaway Crimea, how you pronounce right. that? Um, it's not a breakaway. Crimea. Right. Yeah, thank you. Russia did not illegally annex this. The people that live on that peninsula had a vote. And they voted to separate from Ukraine and join uh, Russia because most of the people that live there speak Russian anyway. They share the Russian culture. And, and right. so so they didn't illegally annex anything, you know. And prior to that, didn't a, a United States government assist in the overthrow of the yes. uh, president? Yes. And that was exactly it, Scott. Exactly. Scott, he's absolutely right. Hey, hold on to that because we're going to come back. But see, uh, you got to hear what Scotty is saying and see how this whole thing is unfolding because it's unfolding into – they're backing Russia into a corner like they backed uh, Japan into a corner to attacking them, and that wasn't the case. So we're going to go to a commercial break. When we come back, hold on, Scotty, because we got to talk about that so that we can break this down for our people so that they will really know what's really going on because we only hear one side of the story. Hey, everyone, you're listening to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. to the Black Talk Radio Network for live programming schedules visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com Okay, welcome back everyone to Tando Radio Show brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network and your host David Wren aka Dave from LA uh, and we are going to have a great show for you today definitely if you'd like to get in on the conversation uh, give us a call at 712-775-7035, and the participant code is 660079. And just before we were going to the break, we were what I wanted to do today is to sh show you where we are and how close we are to actual to a actual military confrontation with other nuclear-capable 
countries. And, you know, it's more than just being nuclear capable. It's being tactical nuclear capable. And what does that mean? A tactical nuke will not, there are some tactical nukes that you can use that will not destroy the infrastructure, but will actually kill masses amounts of people. And, you know, the, the Russians call it the, that, and that would be an EMP, um, which is a, a tactical nuke shot off in the upper atmosphere that causes a power surge uh, that puts out and that causes all of the power to go out. They call it the weapon of idolization. Idolization. So, no, no, a, a weapon, weapon of, oh man, I can't remember what it is, but I'll get it later on. But this is important because we're being lied to on every front. This country has been, there has been a coup of this country Military, politically, and religiously by an occult. And this occult is, has been symbolic through some of the most evil and malevolent people that you have ever known about. And it's been based in demonic rituals. And this is what they always want is blood sacrifices, and they're going to continue. Now, just before we went to, after we went heard the first part of this, Scotty was talking about, and I want Scotty to jump back in because he was absolutely right, was talking about Crimea and what was going on. We have to understand the history that Russia had towards the Nazis. During the 2014 Winter Olympics, during the Sochi Olympics, just before that, there was a historical uh, train station that was bombed by some of the separatists that were involved in the overthrow of the Ukrainian uh, legally voted on government who are nothing more than Nazis themselves. You can look at some, we played some of the stuff where they, you can see their swastikas stickers and they're, they're proclaiming and they're being supported and they're being directed and funded by the U.S., not indirectly, very directly. And so this was during the Olympics, Putin couldn't do anything. He had to wait until the Olympics was over. And as soon as the Olympics was over is when he moved in on the Ukraine. And this was purposely done. And so uh, Scotty was talking about what happened in Crimea. Scotty, you there? Um, yes. But my whole thing was just to point out, you know, how people are lied to through media yeah. and people will watch. I mean, when you came on the program, you said that I don't endorse anything that these people are saying, but we're going to listen to this series of, of reports and they just blatantly lied to you, you know, because yeah. I, I do a, a daily news program. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much more informed than I guess the masses of people who might right. just tune in to CNN during dinner time or whatnot, or, you know, for an hour a day or whatnot. And if they was to hear that report, you know, that would be a blatant lie that they just heard from CNN. Yeah. So, I mean, if they would lie about that, because I know the truth of the matter that they didn't illegally annex anything. And if you want to talk about a nation illegally possessing <laughs> uh, territory, all we need to do is look at Puerto Rico. All we need to look at is the U.S. Virgin Islands. All we need to look at is the Kingdom of Hawaii, you know, yep. and, 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 and so many others, America, Samoa. Um, as well. Yep. So, uh, I, I mean, I just wanted to, I just wanted to point out to people that 
that's CNN lying to you. And that's why it's important for people to uh, be the media that they want to see. And number two is to support, you know, uh, um, sources of information where they know that you're not going to be lied to. Exactly. You know, Scotty, absolutely right. You know, because it, when you t look at America, you can call them the great colonizers of the world. There, there was no illegal, like Scotty was saying, there was no, they took a vote. And after the vote, as Scotty was saying, because the ties with, with, this uh, is how Ukraine, it started. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me just break it down. Then I'm, I'm done. And yes. just let me know when to start the video up. But no, 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 no. I, I love it because we need to have this because this is something that our people need to know. Uh, and, and so, no, interject at any time, Scotty, because this is this is too crucial um, and, and it's too important. We really need to get the, to the bottom of it all and the truth of it all. Else we're going to be continuously deceived and, and led in a direction that where we think we're going to have peace and prosperity. But the only thing that we will have is the continual bondage of enslavement. So no, Scotty, jump in because this is, this is so important. But go ahead, Scotty. So this Ukrainian peninsula called Crimea, uh, most of those people identify culturally and, and, and yep. politically with Russia, okay? Ethnically also. And ethnically as well. And economically. A lot yeah. of trade, you know, between yeah. Russia and that region uh, of Ukraine. And so anyway, a president who could be called, I guess, pro-Russian or friendly with the Russians, you know, want to do trade and not war or whatever, um, he was elected, but then he was overthrown. It was like a coup yeah. or something, if I remember correctly. It and, was a coup. And yeah. he, a military coup where they just, you know, uh, uh, proxies working for the U.S. government and, the, you know, you could say the European unions and they call it NATO mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, they back that coup. And so those people in Crimea basically had a referendum and a vote to either, look, we got lawlessness here in this nation. Look, the West just then deposed our president who was democratically elected. We don't want to be yep. a part of that. And so we are regional, I mean, geographically, you know, the way they situated, they, you know, are on the border with Russia and, and have some kind of geographic autonomy. And so they voted referendum to become part of Russia, if I remember correctly. Yep. So, yeah, that's that's um, that's from different news sources um, that I have read about on this story. And CNN just blatantly just told you that lie and said that. Russia illegally annexed it because see they part of the military industrial complex. Exactly, that's exactly exactly Scotty. And the thing with Crimea, why it's so important is because it's one of the ports, one of the few ports into the Black Sea, and it's a strategically important place. That's what I meant by being autonomous. That yeah. runs through Syria, through Crimea. And it's also, and that's the part that the Ukraine is very, uh, uh, the, the, the fight for the Ukraine is because of two things, natural gas and food. Ukraine is a, they feed basically Europe because they have some of the most fertile uh, 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 land for crops in that area. And not only that, they sit on a pipeline and they sit in, in the, um, direct lines of the natural gas flows, which Russia flows its natural gas through uh, the Ukraine into Europe. So it's a strategically important country, and this is why they had the military coup of the 
a, a president that was elected who was in good relations with Russia and was in relations with uh, Europe also. But they wanted to get rid of him because they knew that he would not, they actually tried to buy him out and he would not sell out the Russians. And so this is really what happened. And the ones that overthrew it were the Nazis themselves, blatant, admitting, uh, uh, swastika wearing uh, Nazis that the U.S. They weren't just in bed with them. They've always been in bed with them. And that was the color revolution that they sprung upon. And let me tell you, one of the things about this whole thing is that there was a protest, and then there was snipers that were shooting the protesters during that time that the, uh, the, the coup was going on. There was protests. And who do you think were the, the, the shooters? They were the ones that the U.S. had supported. This is why I said earlier, be careful at these protests uh, with our children because they've been known to target them. And that's what they did in, in the Ukraine to get the overall general public, uh, you know, support for ousting uh, that president that was there. I can't remember his name right now. They tried to blame it on him, but it was already shown that he was, he was not – that the actual – Separatists were the ones that shot uh, all of the protesters during this time. And this has everything to do with that Malaysian flight that was brought down also. That was brought down by the, the American-supported side, separatists. And they tried to blame it on Russia. And this is really important that we know the facts of everything. You know, the, the facts are that the colonization that the U.S. had has really been the first and only policy that it has with other nations is now being called out by other countries that can stand up to them now. And why is it now that they can stand up to them? Because they, there was an asymmetrical war that Russia and, and China have positioned themselves in order to be able to contend with the U.S. And there was a lot that's going on. The USS Cole uh, was, was actually rendered dead in the water by cellular technology that Russian, an old Russian bomber used against the most advanced Russian missile, I mean, U.S. missile guided system using the Aegis system, and they had that thing dead in the water because now is, what you're seeing is that you're seeing other nations starting to stand up to the U.S. because it's lost its overall economic and its uh, military standing, which was allowed it to be the colonizers of old. And this is what we're starting to see, and it's not going to go down quietly. So this is why I wanted to start to play some of this stuff so you can start to see what's really going on. And I hope that you heard in the, in the very beginning when they talked about Russia having uh, bombing runs on California and other places. Well, it's not just California. There have been bombing runs, and they've gone up to uh, 30 miles within the California coast. They've actually cut out all the lights uh, in, in California. I mean, turned the, all of the uh, radars, the aircraft radars, where they hit them with a, uh, you know, where they, were, they went black out. They went black out, so they couldn't see radar. There was also Russian submarines that have been in the Gulf of Mexico, up, right up to, they say, 30 miles from the U.S. shores. And then there was also an incident uh, when Barack was given the Nobel Peace Prize the Chinese had actually sent up a ballistic missile off of uh, the off of uh, 
Catalina Island, and that was a warning shot across the bow of the U.S. to let them know that they can be touched. And there was nothing that the Navy knew or could do about it. And the only way that they found out who did it is because China told them. So we're going to get back to this real quick. You have to know this stuff is really important because it's, there is no turning back now in this whole thing. You know, Japan has now just authorized this military to be uh, offensive. And where did that come from? Because the U.S. is pushing them to do it because of the war that's going to be jumping off in the South Sea of China. And this is events that are unfolding right now. And the uh, Japanese people were upset and wanted to get rid of the Prime Minister uh, Abe um, because of that. And this is, you know, we need to really understand what's going on and to take back our overall existence and stop surrendering it to people that do not deserve it, do not have our best interests at hand, are actually the traditional and ancient slave owners of the past with just wearing new clothes. And it's, it's ridiculous, but we need to know. So, hey, let's get back into this video because um, I want you to see, to chronicalize some of these events and you can see and catch them in their lives as Scotty said earlier. So let's go back to the video. As security is ramped up for the G20, defense chiefs are closely monitoring a convoy of Russian warships just outside Australian waters. The government says it has known about their movements for some time and admits it's unusual. A daisy chain of world leaders, arm in arm in Myanmar, a symbol of unity. But Tony Abbott at one end and Russian Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev at the other, a symbol of division as a group of Russian warships steams closer to Australia. Certainly it is unusual for uh, Russian naval elements to be in Australian waters. Um, unusual, not entirely unprecedented, but unusual. Defence sources say the four Russian ships led by the guided missile destroyer Varyag are moving south-southeast, skirting Australian territorial waters. Frigates HMAS Stewart and HMAS Parramatta are flanking them and P-3 Orions are flying regular sorties from Townsville tracking their movements. That's what we do. Uh, when warships are approaching Australia, uh, we keep them well monitored. A Russian embassy spokesman said they would not enter Australian waters. We stick to the rules. Nobody wants conflict. He described it as a routine exercise, but an admission. Your reaction is not that surprising because we do rarely go this way. Russia is entitled, as any other country is entitled, to traverse international waters. Is it a show of force or is it a significant country with a significant navy? I don't think we should play the Putin game of uh, engaging in his stunts. This naval display is obviously time for the weekend's G20. Tony Abbott says it would have been months in the planning. But the Kremlin's confirmed the flotilla left Vladivostok on October 23, 10 days after Tony Abbott threatened to shirt front Vladimir Putin. Let's not forget that Russia has been much more militarily assertive in recent times. Like sending nuclear submarines to Scandinavia, warships off Crimea, troops crossing into Ukraine, long-range bombers flying over Central America, and now its Pacific fleet skirting Australian waters. I think the rest of the world is watching closely what Russia does because there is an element of unpredictability about it. And this week, the world's watching the G20 in Brisbane. This is a rare view inside the fighting in eastern Ukraine. A gun battle at the airport in Donetsk. Then a rebel tank fires 
and destroys a Ukrainian military position. These are Ukrainian forces battling separatists armed and supported by Russia. And now more Russian heavy weapons are on the way. New images of Russian military vehicles and artillery rolling into Ukraine. Ukraine's president says his country has lost control of its eastern border. The Ukrainian-Russian border, under independent monitoring, is repeatedly crossed by the Russian regular forces. Now, those same Russian forces say NATO's supreme allied commander are firing at drones from the International Observer Mission. Reiterating Moscow's frequent denials, today the Russian foreign ministry spokesman said no Russian forces of any kind are in Ukraine. There are no military forces or any military movement across the border. And moreover, there is no presence of our troops in the territory of Ukraine. On the map, you can see how Russia has, in effect, now occupied territory inside eastern Ukraine. It's this area here that is under the control of pro-Russian separatists. I'll show you here, these are positions of Russian weapon systems as identified by Ukrainian authorities. You can see missile launchers here, tank divisions, and then these troop divisions along the border are what U.S. officials say are eight to 9,000 Russian troops positioned along the border. And that border here, the red area here, is, in effect, controlled by Russian authorities. And just to place it, uh, this here is where uh, U.S. officials say that Russian-supplied missiles shot down the Malaysian airliner MH17. We begin with growing Russian military activities across the globe. Russia now says it plans to launch long-range bombers on regular patrols from the Arctic onto the Caribbean and Gulf of Mexico. Moscow is also sending a convoy of warships towards Australia. The European leadership has detailed more than 40 major breaches by Russia in the past eight months. Now, Russian President Vladimir Putin may have some explaining to do as he goes into the G20 summit in Australia. Needless to say, his interaction with other world leaders will be closely watched, as it was at this week's APEC gathering in Beijing. CCTV's Tom Barton reports. President Barack Obama and Vladimir Putin's public interactions display little warmth these days. Their awkward contact at APEC will be quickly followed up thanks to the G20. The build-up to the meeting has been stormy, with rumours and suggestions that Russia either shouldn't be allowed to go or might not turn up. I say with sadness that there's no purpose in being there. Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott, whose country is hosting the G20 meeting, has pulled back from his talk of shirt-fronting, or knocking Putin to the ground, but has said he will have a robust conversation about what he calls the murder of 38 Australian citizens on board flight MH17, which Western governments accuse pro-Russia militants of shooting down in July. From Prime Minister Abbott to President Obama and others, diplomats and journalists will be watching intently for more signs of the chill that has come between Russia and the West. In March, Russia was thrown out of the G8 group of nations for annexing Crimea. But in Moscow, the position of Western powers is seen as counterproductive. I think that if the G8 or the G20 wants to work fully and have influence and have a wide ability to cover problems and solve problems, they need to have dealings with Russia. If these groups turn towards pressure, we're not interested in taking part. President Obama insists Russia has been supporting militants in eastern Ukraine and says it must stop. But President Putin shows little sign of wanting to acquiesce to the West or show weakness in the face of sanctions. Tom Barton, CCTV, Moscow.
people. This is about Russia's risky, calculated pattern of aggression toward the U.S. and its Western allies. There have been multiple incursions close to U.S. airspace this year. Recently, a Russian military plane came within 50 miles of the California coast. Some of these encounters have come within a razor's edge of causing serious casualties. A dangerous maneuver. A Russian jet fighter buzzes right in front of a U.S. Air Force surveillance plane within about 100 feet of the nose, a move which U.S. officials said endangered the American crew. Another incident. A Russian military aircraft comes within 50 miles of the California coast, the closest in years. Get ready for more. Russia's defense minister says his military is about to send long-range bombers to patrol near American coastlines. You're going to have bombers coming in this direction from Russia. You're certainly going to have longer-range bombers coming down this coast, almost certainly. And you're also going to have bombers coming down the, this coast. And he also mentioned, in particular, flying in the Gulf of Mexico. So we're talking about ringing the United States with the exception of the Canadian border. The Russian planes likely won't fly inside U.S. airspace within 14 miles of the coasts. But U.S. officials call the action provocative and destabilizing. Russia's defense minister says it's a response to aggression near its border with Ukraine. This is a rationalization by Russia, and in particular by President Putin, to strengthen his appeal with his, with his nationalist base. Russia's aggression playing out around the globe. A Scandinavian passenger jet nearly colliding with a Russian surveillance plane. One incident right out of a Tom Clancy novel. In waters near Stockholm, a mysterious underwater vessel makes an emergency call in Russian. It triggers the largest submarine hunt off Sweden since the Cold War. All these incidents have taken place since Russia invaded Crimea in February. More than 40 close military encounters in that period, according to one European report. Analysts say this is one man, Vladimir Putin, flexing his muscle, desperate to restore Russia's Cold War power. Putin is personifying as the tough guy, the image of Russia that he wants to present and those around him want to present now of a Russia that will not back down, of a Russia that will take on the West, and a fact of a Russia that will take on anybody. Take a look at these black dots that we're showing here. This report says 40 encounters between the Russians and other nations over the past eight months have rattled nerves and raised tensions to a Cold War level. You mentioned that close call that Jim mentioned as well between a passenger jet and a Russian jet along in here. But there are many others from the Russians. This report says they staged a simulated bombing attack on a Danish island. A Russian jet made threatening maneuvers toward a U.S. reconnaissance plane, including showing that it was fully armed with missiles. Russian planes have buzzed ships. And they even, out in this area, practiced a cruise missile strike within range of New York, Washington, and Chicago. Jake? Tom, how, how close have any of these incidents been to the United States or American troops? Well, if you look up here on the northern part, you're near Alaska and Canada. In September, six Russian jets were spotted up in this area. Russia is suggesting it will have full radar surveillance of this area by year's end. That is not really that uncommon up there. But in June, four Russian planes were coming down along the coast here within 200 miles. Two of them went all the way down here to within 50 miles of the coast of California. That's the closest they've been since the Cold War. They were intercepted by U.S. F-15s. That's just short of U.S. airspace. And such incursions are not unheard of 
but they're becoming more common, and this was the closest one in about two years, Jake. Well, what kind of planes are we talking about? What kind of planes do the Russians even have in their arsenal for these types of flights? For some missions, Russia is using fighter jets along with refueling planes, as Jim just mentioned, but the big piece of equipment on the scene is this. It's the Tupolev 95, nicknamed the Bear by NATO. This plane grew out of the Cold War in the 1950s, way back then. It is a turboprop, so it looks antique compared to modern bombers like the Stealth, but it's a serious weapon. Just take a look at some of the things that it has going for it here. If you go into this plane, you have a maximum speed of almost 600 miles an hour. It has a range for missions of well over 5,000 miles. It can carry 11 tons of ordnance, including cruise missiles and nukes. And like U.S. long-range bombers, it is designed for big impact precision strikes. Of course, more Russian planes and ships could increase the chances of a potential run-in with our own military. What if there's a mistake? This week, a European watchdog group reported a dramatic rise of encounters between Russian forces and NATO forces. It reported dozens of incidents, three of which it claims carried a high probability of triggering a direct confrontation. One of them, a reported near crash between a Russian spy plane and a passenger jet. So none of this is routine stuff. And Vladimir Putin is in uncharted territory. Jennifer Griffin's on Fox Stop Story at the Pentagon this afternoon. It's one thing to flex your muscle, Jennifer. It's another to put, well, the whole world in jeopardy. That's right, Shep. And there was also that recent hunt for the suspected Russian submarine off the coast of Sweden that got the U.S. military's attention. Forty incidents involving the Russian military coming into near confrontation with NATO members since Putin's invasion of Crimea. The Pentagon reacted to the announcement from Russia's defense minister today that Russia now plans to extend its long-range bear bomber flights to the Caribbean. Spokesman Colonel Steve Warren downplayed the threat and simply said the Russians have patrolled in the Gulf of Mexico in the past, and we've seen the Russian Navy operate in the Gulf of Mexico. These are international waters. One obstacle for Russia is refueling. That's why Russia's military is in talks with Cuba and Venezuela for air basing rights. Pentagon officials don't see the move as a serious threat, but it is a reminder that Putin is trying to make his military more visible hey, and Daddy, more assertive. Right in here? fact, last September, Russian bear bombers, the Okay, everyone, get ready to come up on another commercial break. I wanted to wait until we got to there to talk about the Gulf of Mexico um, and how submarines, actual nuclear submarines, were Russian nuclear subs were in the Gulf of Mexico. Let me tell you, one of the things about what, what, what they're always saying is that they are trying to villainize Russia's response to what the U.S. is doing to them. And the same thing that the U.S. did to China, to Japan in starting to economically uh, have sanctions and try to starve them out and to cause uh, uh, economic turmoil so that they can be their government can be overthrown by people within the country, meaning their own jackals and their own uh, CIA and, and uh, NSA and their 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 intelligence uh, agencies so that they can start a colored revolution to overthrow the government that's there. This is what's usually happening. And I hope you caught something when they talked about uh, Cuba. Now you know why all of a sudden there's been a 360-degree turn on Cuba, where the U.S. now wants to uh, have normal relations and, have a, a, uh, and actually have a counselor down in Cuba. They want that counselor there so that they can have that as an observation post for what's going on 
uh, there because Russia has already aligned itself not only in Cuba, but in Latin America, I mean, sorry, in Central America and South America. There are even reports of even there's relationships that have been established with Mexico. This is just some of the reports unconfirmed because the rest of the world has gotten tired of the great colonizer and the bully tactics that they have uh, uh, perpetuated throughout the world. So we're going to go to a commercial break. When we come back, this is stuff that you need to know. This is some. This is stuff that's starting to come to more current times as the things are happening. Uh, this is very important so that you know what's going on and you can prepare yourself and your family accordingly to what's on the agenda. You listen to Tando Radio Show brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. This is Brother Elliot, first of time for an awakening, and you're listening to Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennium. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Networks. Your boy, David Wren, a.k.a. Dave from L.A. Just want to thank you all for listening today. And, hey, just wanted to, you know, and it's the reason why I wanted to play all of this, because uh, there is, we'll get to this at, towards the end, kind of building this up to where we are. You know, the U.S. and Russia, you could say, and China are very are very close to the edge, on the edge of a shooting war. And I think the first shot may be fired either out of the South Sea of China, out of the Chinese South Sea, I mean the South Sea of China, excuse me, or out of Syria. And how the how Russia responds to with Syria, and, and they've already authorized airstrikes against Syria. This is a very, very dangerous uh, time. And you need to be prepared for it. So just wanted to, this is a good uh, video as far as it, it, it breaks down in chronological order some of the events that have happened in the past two years. And as you can start to see, they're getting progressively worse and prog- progressively worse. And it's so But they keep lying exactly too. where we are. Yeah, go ahead, Scotty. But they keep lying. That's Fox News yeah. again this yeah. time. You know, yeah. Talking yeah, no, they do. They said Russia invaded, you know, Ukraine or Crimea, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah again. <laughs> so there's two yeah, networks and, and right it's, there, it's CNN all like, and see, Fox. Scotty, and this is the important thing. You know this because you, one, you know how they lie. The media and the government is all propaganda. And you read stuff from all over the world. And that's what's so important for our people to really start to do is to read stuff from all over the world. A lot of people... Uh, don't realize in our community how, I mean, they do, but they don't know the full extent of the support that the Palestinians have for our brothers and sisters in Ferguson, our brothers and sisters throughout this country. And 
we so often don't know that the world really supports us and really waiting for us to invoke what it is that we should invoke in our that's our own individual freedom absent of this this the paradigm of voting and playing along by playing by their rules so they'll rule because this is a a humanitarian uh movement throughout the world and there's so many people that identify with our people the black people of this country they're actually waiting for us to say no more and this is so important you know that we that we understand that and i would encourage every person that listens to tando and black talk radio network is to actually read what's going on throughout the world you would be surprised at what's happening and the lies that they continue to report man i call the cerebral naive network you can figure that out if we continue to listen to that then you will wonder why nothing has ever changed in 300 and some years 300 and 400 years because that is the propaganda that is needed to maintain the overall uh, paradigm that we currently live in, and that being uh, man's manipulation and the uh, mastration of all of human liberty. So, like Scotty was saying, to continue to lie, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But I'm going to tell you, it's good to know from this standpoint, whenever they say go left, you go right. Whatever they tell you is something, you know it's a lie. And the key to is that you have to know when they're lying. And, and nine times out of ten is whenever they're on, the camera is on, is that it's because they're lying. I'm telling you, it's the alternative media is the only place where you can find real journalists and real people that um, understand what's going on. So let's um let's jump back into this, and then we're going to talk about it further because this stuff is relevant today. And I think this is going to be the perfect way in which to bring about the overall, because it gives perfect plausible deniability when they can steal everything from you. I believe it's going to be at the whims of cyber attacks and war. So let's go back to this. Congressman Colonel Steve Warren downplayed the threat and simply said the Russians have patrolled in the Gulf of Mexico in the past, and we've seen the Russian Navy operate in the Gulf of Mexico. These are international waters. One obstacle for Russia is refueling. That's why Russia's military is in talks with Cuba and Venezuela for air basing rights. Pentagon officials don't see the move as a serious threat, but it is a reminder that Putin is trying to make his military more visible and more assertive. In fact, last September, Russian bear bombers the strategic bombers that can carry nuclear weapons reportedly practice cruise missile strikes against the U.S. ship. Jennifer Griffin at the Pentagon. Jen, thanks so much. Let's get dig deeper on this. Foreign affairs columnist and author Gordon Chang is with us on the news deck. What's he doing? I think what he's trying to do is he's saying to the rest of the world, look, I can do whatever I want. The United States can't stop me. I've got a new friendship with the Chinese. They're going to finance what I'm doing. So I'm going to grab what I want. And that's clearly um, Georgia, Ukraine, Eastern Ukraine. You know, it's just it's awful. But why does he he's doing it because of his own economic situation? Well, I think so, because last year, the Chinese, uh, the Russian economy grew one point three percent, which was below every estimate. This year it's going to zero point five percent growth. And that was before the recent plunge in oil prices, which is bringing oil prices to a three year low. And Russia depends on selling hydrocarbons to Western Europe and now to the Chinese. So what advantage does it give him to take over other countries and fly his bombers in the, in, in the Gulf of Mexico? 
Well, Putin has always said that he was going to reassemble parts of the Soviet Union that he felt were taken from Russia uh, unfairly at the end of the Cold War. So clearly right now he is going to do that while the United States is certainly distracted in a number of other areas. And the Chinese are going to finance him because they have just signed up a major oil and gas deal. And this is going to be important for Putin because now he's going to have the money to fly those bombers in the Gulf of Mexico. This probably sounds very de deja vu-ish to some of our viewers because under Reagan, it was so similar. It was similar. And what Reagan did towards the end of the Cold War was to drive down the prices of commodities that that's Soviet Union sold. And that's what brought the Soviet Union to the end, because they no longer had the money to support their military and to keep their people happy. What we're seeing right now is the same dynamic, because the prices for Russian commodities are coming down, but we're not intentionally doing it. If we were actually to start to push commodities down with the Saudis, this would bring Putin to the edge. But he still has the Chinese. Would that not be... Uh, an affront to the Chinese if we were to do such a thing? Well, it certainly would, because they both see themselves as on the same page. They see the United States as the common adversary, and that's why they're molding their militaries together. That's why the Russians are now selling frontline equipment to the Chinese, and that's why they're now cooperating in East Asia as well in other places. What's going to happen, though, if there's a mistake, if there's an accident between one of these throwback bombers of the Russians and something we're flying around? Well, you know, we saw this during the Cold War when there were a number of near misses. And, you know, we were very fortunate to get through that. We got lucky. We got lucky. But the problem right now is that Putin thinks that he can use nuclear weapons not as instruments of deterrence, but as really weapons of aggression. Because at the end of August, he talked about using nukes to hold on to what he had grabbed in Ukraine. And so he learned a lesson. He got away with it, so he's going to try it again. And now the Chinese have seen, oh, you know, Putin can do it. Why can't we do it as well? And because we've heard Chinese threats to use nukes before, now they're going to become emboldened. Gordon Chang, it's nice to talk to you. Thank you. This is Jim just mentioned, but the big piece of equipment on the scene is this. It's the Tupolev 95, nicknamed the Bear by NATO. This plane grew out of the Cold War in the 1950s, way back then. It is a turboprop, so it looks antique compared to modern bombers like the Stealth, but it's a serious weapon. Just take a look at some of the things that it has going for it here. If you go into this plane, you have a maximum speed of almost 600 miles an hour. It has a range for missions of well over 5,000 miles. It can carry 11 tons of ordnance, including cruise missiles and nukes. And like U.S. long-range bombers, it is designed for big-impact precision strikes. Of course, more Russian planes and ships could increase the chances of a potential run-in with our own military. What if there's a mistake? This week, a European watchdog group reported a dramatic rise of encounters between Russian forces and NATO forces. It reported dozens of incidents, three of which it claims carried a high probability of triggering a direct confrontation. One of them, a reported near crash between a Russian spy plane and a passenger jet. So none of this is routine stuff. And Vladimir Putin is in uncharted territory. Jennifer Griffin's on Fox Stop Story at the Pentagon this afternoon. It's one thing to flex your muscle, Jennifer. It's another to put, well, the whole world in jeopardy. That's right, Which Jeff, think, and uh, there was it, also it that recent hunt it's for the suspected the Russian minutes, submarine off the coast uh, 31, of Sweden that got the U.S. military's attention. Forty incidents involving the Russian military coming into near... Move. The Russian military says it now plans to send strategic bombers on regular patrol in America's backyard. David Martin is looking into this. Russian bomber patrols over the Caribbean and Gulf of Mexico would be very significant, U.S. military officers say, something the Russians have never done before. During the Cold War, Soviet aircraft flew reconnaissance missions there, 
but never bombers capable of carrying nuclear weapons. Once in 2008 and again in 2013, blackjack bombers flew to Nicaragua and Venezuela, but those were window dressing for visits by high-level Russian delegations. When the Russian defense minister announced the bomber patrols earlier this week, he linked them specifically to tensions over Ukraine, in effect saying, if you meddle in our backyard, we'll meddle in yours. U.S. military officers hey, Scotty, say the patrols would not pose a military threat, I think as the bombers and their refueling tankers could be tracked as they came down through Greenland and Iceland and across the Atlantic, leaving plenty of time to scramble jet fighters. A real attack by Russian bombers would most likely come over the North Pole, the shortest distance between the two countries. After the Soviet Union collapsed, Russia stopped flying long-range bomber patrols and did not resume until 2007. Currently, they fly about 10 patrols a year off the U.S. coast, once coming within 50 miles of California. U.S. between Russian forces and NATO forces. It reported dozens of incidents, three of which it claims carried a high probability of triggering a direct confrontation. One of them, a reported near crash between a Russian spy plane and a passenger jet. So none of this is routine stuff. And Vladimir Putin is in uncharted territory. Jennifer Griffin's on Fox Stop Story at the Pentagon this afternoon. It's one thing to flex your muscle, Jennifer. It's another to put, well, the whole world in jeopardy. That's right, Shep. And there was also that recent hunt for the suspected Russian submarine off the coast of Sweden that got the U.S. military's attention. Forty incidents involving the Russian military coming into near confrontation with NATO members since Putin's invasion of Crimea. The Pentagon reacted to the announcement from Russia's defense minister today that Russia now plans to extend its long-range bear bomber flights to the Caribbean. Spokesman Colonel Steve Warren downplayed the threat and simply said the Russians have patrolled in the Gulf of Mexico in the past, and we've seen the Russian Navy operate in the Gulf of Mexico. These are international waters. One obstacle for Russia is refueling. That's why Russia's military is in talks with Cuba and Venezuela for air basing rights. Pentagon officials don't see the move as a serious threat, but it is a reminder that Putin is trying to make his military more visible and more assertive. In fact, last September, Russian bear bombers, the strategic bombers that can carry nuclear weapons, hey, reportedly practiced cruise missile strikes against the U.S. ship. Jennifer Griffin at the Pentagon. Jen, thanks so much. Let's get dig fire. Expressing alarm in both public and private, Ukrainian officials say they are now preparing to fight. We expect unexpected actions from them. I see it as our main task to prepare for military action. Today at a UN Security Council session on the situation in Ukraine, Ambassador Samantha Power condemned Russia's actions. Russia has negotiated a peace plan and then systematically undermined it at every step. It talks of peace, but it keeps fueling war. As security is ramped up for the G20, defense chiefs are closely monitoring a convoy of Russian warships just outside Australian waters. The government says it has known about their movements for some time and admits it's unusual. A daisy chain of world leaders, arm in arm in Myanmar, a symbol of unity. But Tony Abbott at one end and Russian Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev at the other, a symbol of division as a group of Russian warships steams closer to Australia. Certainly it is unusual for uh, Russian naval elements to be in Australian waters. Um, unusual, not entirely unprecedented, but unusual. Defence sources say the four Russian ships led by the guided missile destroyer Varyag are moving south-southeast, skirting Australian territorial waters. 
frigates HMAS Stewart and HMAS Parramatta are flanking them, and P3 Orions are flying... ...that will take on the West, and a fact of a Russia that will take on anybody. Take a look at these black dots that we're showing here. This report says 40 encounters between the Russians and other nations over the past hey, eight Daddy. months have rattled nerves and raised tensions to a Cold War level. You mentioned that close call that Jim mentioned as well between a passenger jet and a Russian jet along in here. But there are many others from the Russians. This report says they staged a simulated bombing attack on a Danish island. A Russian jet made threatening maneuvers toward a U.S. reconnaissance plane, including showing that it was fully armed with missiles. Russian planes have buzzed ships. And they even, out in this area, practiced a cruise missile strike within range of New York, Washington, and Chicago. Jake? Tom, how, how close have any of these incidents been to the United States or American troops? Hey, well, if you look up here on the northern part, you're near Alaska and Canada. In September, six Russian jets were spotted up in this area. Russia is suggesting it will have full radar surveillance of this area by year's end. That is not really that uncommon up there. But in June, four Russian planes were coming down along the coast here within 200 miles. Two of them went all the way down here to within 50 miles of the coast of California. That's the closest they've been since the Cold War. They were intercepted by U.S. F-15s. That's just short of U.S. airspace. And such incursions are not unheard of, but they're becoming more common. And this was the closest one in about two years, Jake. Well, what and Vladimir Putin's public interactions display little warmth these days. Their awkward contact at APEC will be quickly followed up thanks to the G20. The build-up to the meeting has been stormy, with rumours and suggestions that Russia either shouldn't be allowed to go or might not turn up. I say with sadness that there's no purpose in being there. Australian Prime Minister Tony Abbott, whose country is hosting the G20 meeting, has pulled back from his talk of shirt-fronting or knocking Putin to the ground, but has said he will have a robust conversation about what he calls the murder of 38 Australian citizens on board flight MH17, which Western governments accuse pro-Russia militants of shooting down in July. From Prime Minister Abbott to President Obama and others, diplomats and journalists will be watching. Hey, Scotty? Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, I think the, the the video is is, um, is is replaying. I think they made a mistake in that one, so that's that's cool. So I'm gonna just take it from here. Uh, All right. Because there's a lot of stuff we need to uh, talk about on on this video. So, okay. So everyone, just um, if you'd like to get in on the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at seven one two seven seven five seventy thirty five, and the participant code is six six zero zero seven nine. Now, what I want to do is that. We've laid a little foundation of, of what's going on, but what we really need to talk about is some of the uh, current events that are happening and, and why they're happening. Right now, there is a financial war that Russia, China is waging against the U.S., and this is going to lead to a more involved shooting war, which will lead into a world war. And it's a world war because it's not that Every place in the world will uh, be at war, but every place in the world will be affected by it. As you can see from this, it's, you know, it traverses all you know, parts of, of the globe. And it's basically because the, the countries that will be in war will be, they are significant, significant military powers 
and they will drag the whole world into it and adversely affect them. Now, first we need to talk about is the financial part of it all. Recently, what was it, two months, last month in June, late June, there was uh, where the Chinese stock market uh, started to totally uh, plunge and, and was uh, was dropping and, and to the point where the Chinese government had said that it was illegal for people to sell. And there's a lot of unverified but talked about information saying that it was the U.S. that actually caused that. And then there was, was a response. The stock market was closed for four hours one day because of a, a bug. This is what you're seeing where the cyber attacks have gone financial and they're going to lead to actual shooting wars. So that has already started and the overall market in China continues to um, have to be artificially propped up, but as well as the market that's here has to be artificially propped up. What you're seeing with, you never want to look at the stock market to give you an indication of where the economy is because the stock market is nothing more than cookbooks and lies and deception to get your investment dollars ciphered and fleeced away from you. If you really want to know what the economic uh, outlook is is that you have to look at the Baltic dried uh, numbers. You have to look at the the matrix that actually depicts what is going on with econ what the uh, economy is producing. And you also have to look at the overall uh, stability of your of Main Street. What is the economic temperament of Main Street? That is where the real economy is is established because it's the everyday person and the everyday people of the of the country and the community that will really be the deciding factor on where the economy is. And you know, like I know, you've seen so many shops that have closed, so many businesses have closed. There's so much uh, uh, vacant uh, retail space and that's because we do not produce anything. We have a service-based economy. And when you don't produce anything, then your services will suffer because there's nothing to augment the services. People buy services once their uh, essential needs are met based off of a real economy. And if that is not be being met, then the service community will suffer because of it. And that's where we are, and that's what's happening in, in the economy. There are, they have been telling you in preparing you to accept cyber wars to where you lose everything in your bank account. They did it through, through the department stores during the holidays. What they're really preparing you for is so that one day they can shut everything off and they can blame it on someone else. And who do you think they're going to blame it on? Right. They're going to blame it on Russia and China and the overall hacking world. And knowing very well that this was all created by the same bankers that will profit from the fleecing of the general public and the ones that will profit from a war because they fund both sides of the war. Now, another very important part of this whole thing is that 
right now, as we speak, the U.S. is engaging in trying to break the Russian economy by pushing down oil prices, which they rely on, sanctioning Russia, and also getting other countries to break their ties and their relationships with Russia, and they're trying their, their best to break up the BRIC nations and everything that the BRIC nations, um, all of the confidence in the services that the BRIC nations will bring to the rest of the world. Because if they don't, if the United States has real competition to its dollar, it will lose. And this is what they will prevent at all costs, even to the point of a war. Because what happens there is this. The real agenda behind this whole thing is the Trans-Pacific Partnership, where corporations now decide the global governance of the world, not the general public electing officials. They want to say that that, is, that caused uh, great uh, fraud within the, the financial markets, and they're going to allow the collapse of the financial markets so that you will agree in, in uh in turn, give up all of your sovereign rights given to you by God Almighty up to to some man and some corporation who is known as a person and has rights and they don't have an existence. This is very dangerous because what's going to happen is that the the corporate the corporate uh, the multi international corporations will dictate the policies in which you will live by. And they will supersede all other man-created laws. And if you fall for that, that would be the ultimate slave plantation ever created. And believe me, they will work you to no end and give you nothing in return. This is what's really on the agenda. This is what they're moving towards, and they're going to move towards that via war. And by financial destruction, they will collapse the economies, the per common person's economy, to get exactly what they want. They want full control and autonomy over your everyday life without you questioning it, it at all. This is why they want to have the forced vaccination, because the forced vaccinations will have within them the different drugs and different uh ailments that will prevent you from being able to resist their overall plans and agenda and their objectives. They want to make you as sick as they possibly can, and they also want to change your DNA to where you will surrender without you even knowing your free will. They want you to, to be the servants for them and the subjects for them. They have an eye problem, and I'm telling you, this is why you're seeing the forced vaccinations everywhere. It's all a part of the scope and scheme of the plan to totally subjugate the entire world. They don't just want you. They want everyone that's here. And this is the overall plan. They tell you all the time. They basically tell you all the time. So there is a movement towards global war among formidable foes, that being the U.S. and its allies, which is very few in Russia, in China, and its very many allies. 
and this is the agenda, and we have to do, there are things that we have to, steps that we have to take, and there are things that we have to do to, uh, one, to not allow this to happen where we don't accept it, and there are things and steps that we have to take to prepare ourselves for it because it is unfolding, and it's unfolding in Syria, the Ukraine, South uh China Sea and in in uh, the Caribbean to down through uh, South America uh, and through Cuba and the Caribbean and in in Central America, there is a overall plan to get the world at war to get the rest of the people of the world on their knees begging for peace, and they're going to bring you their kind of peace, their kind of peace that keeps you enslaved. So listen. Get ready to go to a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to uh, talk about some of the current events that are happening now and what you can do and why you need to prepare. Listen to Tando Radio Show brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, definitely give us a call, 712-775-7035, and the participant code is 660079. We'd love to hear from you. And for you to share some of the things that you know, because there's been so much that is going on and happening as we speak. We have to take back our existence. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. There's not a of Time for an Awakening Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network. Speaking in behalf of Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser. Since 2008, the Black Talk Media Project, which has created Black Talk Radio Network, has engaged in producing original content from a black perspective for the global black community. You can help us continue this mission and help us even more by giving donations to the Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser and asking others to do so also. Let us work together to make 2015 a stronger year for independent black media. Again, this is Elliot Booker of Time for Awakening Radio Program on the Black Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to Tando Radio Show, brought to you by Black Talk Radio Network. It's your host, David Wren, a.k.a. Dave from L.A., and we're talking about the overall global push towards uh, global war between the U.S. and Russia and China. This is a direction that is here, and now we have to prepare for it. You've already seen it. Uh, happening right in front of your eyes if you, you know, really look at what's going on. And one of the things that this is going to be about resources. There's going to be a fight for resources because whoever controls the resources controls the overall direction of humanity. So recently there was authorization that was given uh, to use military action against Syria. And now there are reports that the Russians will actually send troops to Syria to protect them. And then there was some uh, reporting saying, no, they won't. But, you know, they basically, I'm pretty sure that they will. Because it was, what, two years ago 
where they said sent their naval um, vessels to protect uh, Syria, and this is going to there's a strategical reason why they want Syria, and then today there was you know the shooting in Turkey and and everything else. These are the the incidents that build to to war, and it's already been destabilized throughout the world. And the only thing that's missing now is the right event. And this event, I think, could happen at any moment, at any time, on multiple fronts, because all of the military placement is now in place uh, from the foreign militaries. And if you look at Russia, they're actually being uh, uh, pushed into military confrontation. Uh, Russia told the U.S., it would be an act of aggression if they were to supply the Ukraine with lethal weapons. And what did the U.S. do? Passed it and sent the lethal weapons over to uh, to the Ukraine. And not only that, troops. And there have actually been uh, captured video of American troops within the the theater of operation, battle operations, with American troops. This is not good. This is only going to get worse, and it's going to push itself into a confrontation that everyone will not be able to deny. But once it happens, things are going to seize up dramatically. I could see immediately uh, almost all of your credit cards and your ATM cards stop working. And I hope that you've been noticing the war on cash that's going on. They're trying to push RF, RFID chips um, and um, getting people out of cash as much as they possibly can because they do not want a form of trade outside of their control. So the minute, at the very second that there is a if there was a nuclear device that went off anywhere in the world, and I want to ask you, how many times have you heard that a dirty bomb alert from the government, uh, from the U.S. government, and they're worried about this and they're worried about that? And uh, the also the uh, different uh, war fronts that are happening throughout the world with nuclear-capable uh, countries. There was a nuclear device that went off anywhere in the world. Uh, the United States would be under martial law within 24 hours of that event, almost immediately. And the thing that we have to remember is this, is that you have to prepare for stuff before it happens. One of the things that you're not going to be able to do is wait until the last minute to, to respond to it. The reason being is because, one, your bank will be closed and your credit cards will be shut off. That is a very, just imagine, think of it from the standpoint that if you're in, at your home, something goes off somewhere in the world, and immediately Visa, MasterCard, American Express, uh, all of the major credit card people, all of a sudden stop all transactions. The banks all of a, all of a sudden close, stop all, stopping all transactions. What position would you be in? If you haven't prepared, you would be in a world of hurt because the only thing that you would have access to is what you have in your physical possession right now. 
But one of the things that you, you can also guarantee is that if those uh, institutions were to all of a sudden be shut down, and believe me, they can shut it down really quickly because they can do it just look at the technology of your phone. You get amber alerts on your phones now, on the phones now. You get emergency broadcast on your phones now. Everything is electronically in a woven into a circuit breaker that they can throw at any time. Just imagine, even if you do have cash on you, there would be no stores that would be open within five hours of that happening. Because what store owner would keep their store open when there would be a no electronic transaction? Yes, some stores would be closed and there would be looting and everything else that would be going on. But believe me, that would be a very dangerous situation to go into because the minute people realize, especially from the tensions that have been we've seen in the past two years in this country, that would be all that is needed for a group of people to take out some frustrations on another group of people because they know there will be no legal recourse because the whole system is unstable at that time. So the best thing to do is for you to start to prepare for this before it happens is no excuse whatsoever that you didn't know. If you're a Tando Radio listener, there's no excuse. If you're a Black Talk Radio Network listener, there's no excuse. We've been seeing the writing on the wall for so long, and it's starting to get quiet. And this is what I believe they do. They let it get quiet before the storm comes. Everything is right now in place. And this is a very, very critical moment in critical time in our history. Most important thing that you do, for you to do is to prepare yourself for it. Prepare yourself with your food, your water. Prepare yourself with protection. Have the things that you know that you need because every family is different, every person is different. This is something that we must do. We must. We really have no choice because they. if you look at everything, it's all in place now. The only thing to do now is to trigger it. They tested shutting down the stock market. They test. They tested shutting down the EBT card. They tested shutting down the bank account. Everything has been dried run now. They've had their uh, dress rehearsals for. Uh, for weapons of mass destruction. They've had their dress rehearsal for biological uh, warfare, warfare. They've had their dress rehearsals for uh, disease and, and everything else. They've had their dress rehearsal for, uh, you know, shooting, you know, active shooters in different places. They've had their dress rehearsal for everything. By having those dress rehearsals, they've really, what they've done is they've, put assets into place to be able to respond to everything. And I hope that we've taken notice to that. Now these events are starting to take a very deviant turn. 
I think you're, you're starting to see snipers being introduced to protesters because that offers great opportunity to shut down protesting even before it gets started. They've totally gotten away with, they, they've totally threw out your, your freedom of speech and, and your right to assemble. They've also, through executive order, which has been signed, where they can have forced labor on people and not compensate them. See, they try to give a very elegant and articulate description. There's nothing more than slave labor. It's already been signed. The executive order has been signed. There's a bunch of executive orders that have been signed to imprison you without a trial, to protect, to, to protect the U.S. from domestic terrorists. And that is so vague, they can basically say anyone that they, they feel is a threat to them is a domestic terrorist. And then all their so-called rights are taken away. The only rights that they could take away from you is the ones that they gave you. And if you don't acknowledge those rights anyway, there's nothing that they can do to you. Is nothing more than a bully trying to collect from you. And I just would hope that we would be smart enough, you would be keen enough to understand that we've been had. Pretty much everything that we've ever been told has been a lie. The next set of events that are happening and starting to unfold going into September and in late August, there are some major things that are, are on the lineup. There are major happenings. They have gotten the military overextended. They've gotten them war weary. They basically have taken away any real ability to respond to an appropriate threat that they would create. The only thing that we have left is each other. And that's the thing that we really have to start to rely on. And I think that this stuff is starting to really unfold as we speak. Look at all of the food supplies being changed, water supplies being destroyed, West Coast flooding, I mean, West Coast drought, the rest of the country flooding. The waterways have been polluted. The food chain has been polluted. Fukushima continues to destroy not only the Pacific food source, but the global. It continues globally. We are at a very different time in history it will need our overall collective response to it so that we can make it through so now is the time for you to shore up whatever plans that you have increase them now is the time to make sacrifices to take care of your family so that you can take care of our community you can't take care of yourself and your family doesn't really matter. 
does not really matter. Not that, you know, this is not something that we ask to be placed in, but it's here. Let me give you some major events that are happening. And you'll continue to see. Recently in, within, there has been decisions from UN meetings on how to remove the dollar as the reserve currency of the world because the U.S. is basically in financial war with everyone in the world. And the unraveling of that privileged place of having, being able to send your debt to the rest of the world to pay for it is being used against you and I as to say, hey, you've been taking advantage of the rest of the world. Now it's time for the rest of the world to get what's rightfully theirs from their system. But see, it's all a lie. They're ready to change because it's cyclical. They're ready for a new nation to arise and the old one to be villainized and rightfully so. The U.S. is going the, the direct way that the Nazis, I'm sorry, that that Germany went before and during the Nazi time. The Nazis served a great purpose to unite the world against them so that the bankers could steal everything from everyone. And they did that by way of treaties and by stealing the gold and the silver and the precious metals from countries and not giving it back to them. Not only the countries, they're going to do it to the people. They will continue to steal the resources because that's the key. Pretty soon you can expect to pay a bill for your, for your air. And they'll do that through carbon, carbonization acts where they will send you a, a bill for wherever you, you live based off of the pollutants that you that, that area creates. They want to tax you for the essence of life. In order for you to have life, you have to breathe out carbon dioxide. You have to breathe it out. If you don't, you don't exist. So the earth is fully capable of using it, and it's not a measure of pollution. But see, because we don't know this, whatever man says, whatever the government say, we buy and believe. They come up with elaborate marketing schemes by way of advertisement, continuous advertisement. You can see how continuous advertisement changes your view of things. They do it in music all the time. They continuously play a song until you like it. They're going to continuously tell you about carbon and about carbon footprints and pollution until you buy it. And we thoroughly bought it. Thoroughly, thoroughly bought it. To where they change their overall vehicles, electrical vehicles and everything else. Knowing that <laughs> those vehicles can be hacked and shut off and done whatever they want to do with them, and you don't even own those vehicles, even if you paid for it. 
It's a very, very deviant plan that we that we fell under because we've allowed it to happen. This stuff will continue to happen until we decide enough is enough. So we have to start to prepare for it. And I would suggest you do that as soon as you possibly can. You start with your food and water. You start with your family. You start with being able to protect yourself. And I'm going to tell you, the biggest adversary and the biggest threat that you're going to have is the neighbor that refused to prepare that lives relatively close to you. Have a plan for it all. Have a plan. So, everyone, there's some things I have got to take care of. Um, so I got to end this out uh, a little early today. Uh, got my son getting ready for school and got to take care of those those issues. Is that time of the year, but we will be back tomorrow. Um, and if there's, you know, if there's anything that we really need to take from all of this is that we need, really need to understand how powerful we are. And once we understand how powerful we are, then we can change our overall direction. We need to stop giving our power to someone that cares not for us. We need to start investing in one another. Turn off our TV. Turn off the propaganda that the government would have us to, to, to believe in. Because it's nothing more than a magic trick. Look up the word governing and see what it means. It means to rule. You were not born to be ruled upon. I want to thank you all for listening today. And we will, I will get back to you all tomorrow. God willing, much love and much respect. And before you ask for a blessing, make sure to be a blessing. And much love, much respect. We'll be back, God willing, tomorrow. Take care and see you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.